Hey, thank you for joining me for another episode of the InspiWords podcast, where I bring you inspiring conversations about passion, purpose, and progress. My desire is to inspire you to live a purpose-driven life and to always give your dreams a chance. So if any of the content I give you here inspires you, please do share on the socials and tag me at I am Daba. I would really love to hear from you. Thank you for this time, Lord God Almighty. I pray that as we start this podcast, Father, in the name of Jesus, may it be you that speaks through us into people's hearts. And I pray that spirit of the living God, may you put the right words within our mouth in the name of Jesus may not it may not only be just motivation but it may be mighty God a game changer for somebody else may it be an upliftment mighty God I pray that this podcast mighty God from this time on mighty God may it I declare in Jesus mighty name that it, it will rise in Jesus' name, it will grow in Jesus' name. Father God, it will reach people that it's supposed to reach. It will reach the tribe from Toby Sindaba in the name of Jesus. It will reach the nations in the name of Jesus. Lord God, I'm mighty, I pray that people will listen. Lord God Almighty will come to Christ, will be encouraged, mighty God, to pursue their dreams in Jesus' mighty name and to give their dreams a chance in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Amen. Welcome to the InspiWords podcast. I'm your host, Mtobi Sindaba. And today I have Ntombi Olivia Baloyi, who is a biological sciences student at the University of Debrecen in Hungary. And I'm so happy and so glad that I could get her to sit down with me and have this conversation before she leaves. And by the time you listen to this, she would already be gone. But I'm so great. I'm so grateful for this opportunity, Mandom. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be part of this podcast, and it's such a privilege. It's such an honor. Actually, you just honored me, and it's it's such a beautiful time to be back in South Africa. And oh, I'm wow. seeing Mtobisi, or rather, Doctor Mtobisi. <laughs> Please respect that, Doctor Mtobisi. And mm. I think we met today, and I'm sitting down with him and he's interviewing me and i'm so excited thank you for having me thank you so much and it's it's just amazing when i look back uh at the previous interview that we did when you had just left and unfortunately i don't have that footage anymore but it would be so great to just compare the experience at that time and and now (laughs) but there's quite a lot of things that have happened since then and i just want to know how has it been and it's been over two it's been two years now right a few months five Hmm, months like just a little over two years so how has it been being in hungary wow i would say looking back i know the lord wanted me to be in hungary amen I do not doubt that for a split of second. Mm. I am quite happy what God had done in my life, Mm. um, in the people who have met me, and in areas where I've stepped in. Mm. I've seen favor. Mm. Um, I think Hungary is one of the territories that had loved me, and I really appreciate and I'm so grateful for having to take the opportunity and go to Hungary. Uh, It was a step of faith. 
it was a risk. It was, um, it was a time for me to reflect on myself, whether I am truly, truly a Christian as mm. well. Okay. Going to Hungary really proved to me that I truly love the Lord. And mm. I truly, um, you know, I'm saved. I mm. am saved. I am saved. Yeah. We, we will get to, 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 to that. I think I've got a, quite a lot of questions for you <laughs> around the whole thing of loving the Lord. But one thing that's um, quite interesting you just said now is that this for you was a step of faith. Yeah. Can you speak to us a bit more about that? It, it took me after a, a season of hopelessness mm. to really see that truly God had this time planned out for me. It was in his plan. It was in the books mm. for me from him, you know. It was a purpose and it was a plan from God. So when I say it was a step of faith, um, applying was, I applied during the season where it was very hopeless. Mm. It was a season where I did not see where my life was going. I was really in, I don't want to say in the pits, but I was, <laughs> I was, in, in the valleys, you know, mm. like the dark valleys where I could, maybe let me use, I could not see the light at the end of the tunnel. So having to apply, actually having to apply for different things like internships, learnerships, mm. it was a season where I felt as though maybe this is not my time mm. and maybe this is not the season where things will work out for me. Just mm. relax and step back and allow the people who are flourishing and clap hands for those that are flourishing and enjoy the time of suffering. <laughs> <laughs> How do you even enjoy the time of suffering? But anyways, yeah. <laughs> you, you, say, you, say, you said the P word, the purpose word, as, as you may know, mm -hmm. uh, one of the things that this podcast is about yes. is, is purpose. Yeah. So what, what does purpose mean to you? You just said to me that, going to, to Hungary was purpose for you, was part of God's purpose for your life. But what does purpose mean to you? Purpose is who you are and what you find yourself doing and it makes you fully happy. Mm. And I think happy is not the right word to use, but it makes you joyful because joy is, is, is that feeling that you have even when things are not going perfectly okay. Mm. It is... It is fully feeling that you are complete and mm. you are content where you're at. Things may not seem to be working perfectly, but you are in a joyful state. And it brings me so much joy to find myself helping or rather speaking into people's life and mm. they find themselves into a season and in a time where they are rising. And I they see. feel as though, you know what, I was in a place where I could not... Uh, see myself I was not seen and now I feel like I'm seen I'm loved mm. I am finding purpose through what you're saying into my life and seeing your life gives me you know a challenge to step mm. up mm. and do what I'm supposed to do do what I'm supposed to or what rather what I have been given you know at birth mm. so yeah and and you speak about ex experiencing the joy even when things are not Mm -hmm. Are not doing. Yes. When things when are, the not, pots are not. The pots are not to be found. <laughs> <laughs> when things are not make yes. sure. At at the time of of hopelessness that you spoke about when you applied for this program that you got into, did you experience that joy? 
there was a sort of contentment in me. Mm. Um, there was a feeling of knowing that truly I'm going through this and I know for sure that this is not the plan of God. Mm. And I was looking or rather I was hoping that things will get better, but not in this season. Mm. Mm. And I'd like to believe that that was a season where that's why I use the word. I could not see the light at the end of the tunnel. It was super dark. Mm. Um, it felt as though I don't know who I am anymore. Mm. It felt as though I did not have purpose anymore because I was holding on to this one thing that is education. And I felt as though the only way I can succeed or the only way I can make it into life, it is through this one thing that I'm holding. Mm -hmm. And I was holding it so tight that when it left my hands, I felt super depressed. It felt like I don't have purpose anymore because I felt like my purpose is just getting distinctions. <laughs> Sure. And now when I don't get those distinctions anymore, it feels like I don't have mm. purpose. There was some sort of contentment because I was surrounded by people who loved me, surrounded by people who were supporting me, mm. um, surrounded by an environment that allowed me to still serve and still serve other people to mm. say and still enjoy being around people and not really have you know sort of success under inverted commas i see and uh, that's why human connections matter by the way jump stuck because <laughs> i was gonna ask you um what sustained you during that time surroundings environment mm. people um networking connections those mm. are the words mm. um I think I wouldn't have survived if I did not have the right friends. Mm. I wouldn't have survived if I didn't have friends who were praying for me. Um, I wouldn't have survived if I did not have people who were asking me, how are you? Mm. How are things going? You know, mm. I, I think even if I didn't see much of a change or they didn't even help me, maybe materialistically, but somehow it gave me such strong courage every single day when somebody would ask me, how was your night? Mm. How are you doing? Are you okay? Is there anything that I can help you with? You know, in as much as of course they could not help me with anything or they, really there was nothing they could do to help me. Mm. Um, but the fact that there were people around me saying, don't give up, mm. wake up, go back to this, go and ask, go back to that faculty you know, and ask, um, it gave me so much courage. It gave me so much strength. Mm. And I'm so grateful for those people. I'm so grateful for the friends that I have. I'm so grateful for um, the church environment or the church body as mm. a whole. Um, yeah, I'm so And it's, it's, it's a powerful so thing, Ndombi, because I'm looking back and thinking that you had that community around you even before you got into that situation of hopelessness yes you had those relationships built up you've mm -hmm. been there for some of the people yes. in that circle yes. when they were the ones yes. in 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 that kind of situation at some point you were praying for mm -hmm. people uh, that would you know we know you <laughs> <laughs> but i think that the, the most important thing i'm trying to put across and to draw out of what you just said now is this whole idea that 
we have to build these relationships before we find ourselves stuck and in need of the help. Yes. You know, which is the whole thing yes. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to put across in the yes. book, the jumpstart effect. So I want to go back, though, to the part about education and purpose. You said that at the time it felt like when you cannot get the distinctions anymore, when you cannot go back to university anymore, it felt like you didn't have purpose. And do you look at it now mm -hmm. in retrospect, when you look back, mm. do you still see it in the same way or has your perspective changed? And if it has changed, how? It truly has changed. It, it changed actually to help me understand that education was also a vehicle mm. for me to get to my destiny, to, for me to get to a place where I understand that, yes, education is important, and, and of course, for other people it is purpose, but for me it is a vehicle to get where I'm supposed to be. It was a vehicle for me to be able to reach into people's life and it was a vehicle for me to reach nations mm. it was a vehicle for me to be able to um able to meet certain people and impact their lives so it wasn't the only way uh, mm. for me to reach nations it wasn't the only way i could serve purpose so, mm. yeah and how has it been being back home <laughs> after two years wow <laughs> it has been two years and a few months and i'm Actually, I was so excited to come back home. Mm. At the same time, I was nervous because I felt like, how am I going to be, <laughs> you know, like a normal South African again? <laughs> because I felt like there were so many rules that I was now used to. For example, you don't cross the streets like in the middle of oh. the street. So you look into the traffic lights and you have to cross. <laughs> Tell even that to Joburg no people. <laughs> yes, even if there's no car, you just have to wait, you know? <laughs> and what happens if you cross? You, you get fined. You can literally be, be fined 250 sure. rands. You can be fined close to 500 rands, depending on how many lines you've crossed, actually. Sure. You know those zebra lines? <laughs> I, I wish they could bring something like that to Yes, to so when I, I came back, I was in Soweto. Okay, I, I first went to Gyan, and then I was in Soweto. Mm. And I, was, I wanted to go to the mall, and I wanted to cross the streets. And everyone is crossing, and I'm like seeing the cars. Like, and I used to do this. Like, I was like, you know, street yeah, smart. I yeah. would cross just in between the cars. And I was just standing there, and I couldn't cross. And I was just like, <laughs> wait, wait, am I that dumb? Like, what's going on? It, it took me a minute to cross. Mm. Yeah. So it's good to be back home. I and the celebrations? It. I'm sure you were quite celebrated back in Guyana. Yes. Then. It was like a party. <laughs> <laughs> it was like everyone was just like, that actually means like, that actually means it's just that child that comes from overseas. Oh, wow. Overseas. So like everyone was just telling everyone, all the neighbors, even the people that I don't know, they were just coming to see me. And I was just like, Wow. <laughs> it was I was shy for a minute. What what would you say is the has been the highlight of your experience coming back home after such quite um, a long time? It is how people welcomed me. Mm. I'm so grateful for my friends. Um it it's it's crazy how almost everyone mm. um, or m most of the people that I know 
were like, when you come back, please, I want to fetch you from the airport. Sure. And I cannot ask everyone, you know, one yeah. person has to take me back home. Of course. So that was a highlight for me. And I, I think it was, it was great to come back. And one of my favorite scenarios was when I literally got off from the gate of my house mm. and I went into the house and my grandmother was just sitting there sure. and she could not hold herself but cry wow. and I was crying like a baby I, I couldn't believe it like I couldn't believe that I was like holding her because yeah I left and I was like you know holding, you the, like crying like oh my god I'm leaving her and yeah she was also crying oh and you guys god. were close right very close like me and my grandmother like Sure. Yeah. Sisters or I don't know. <laughs> and, a, and a trouser, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 I'm um, I'm I'm thinking how did you manage to to maintain these relationships, you know, um with your friends in the dis mm -hmm. in the midst of the distance that is there, you know, and I'm I'm sure there's also like time differences, right? Yes. So with my friends, I think we've even gotten better. Mm. I think I've become very close, even to the people that we were never close. Mm. Um, me and my friends have... Because I tell them everything. If I'm going to the shops, I'm buying, like, T-shirts, I'm, like, buying clothes. It's like I'm sending videos, I'm sending yeah. pictures, and they do the same. And I think that's what makes relationships grow. It's mm. constant communication and... Being intentional about your friendship, I think all my friends and all my relationships, like brotherhood, sisterhood, I've been intentional about them. Mm. If, if I know that we, we have a serious thing going on, I don't just, you know, say, okay, we'll see how it goes. I'm very intentional about my friendships. I'm very intentional. And they do the same. Mm. So intentionality is knowing that you don't just, brush things off and mm. talk about everything sure sure and even if like i see a brother <laughs> you know if i see a brother okay. I'm like, hello friend <laughs> i saw a brother i'm about to fall <laughs> <laughs> is there a brother from hungary that is you know snatching <laughs> <laughs> brother <laughs> do you see me no there's no brother <laughs> okay so I'm, I'm also thinking at the same time mm -hmm. Being away, uh, I can imagine there's an element, there might be an element of homesickness. We were talking earlier mm -hmm. uh, when my wife was, was, was testing the sound with you. We were talking about food, mm -hmm. that you don't have some of the spices <laughs> that you have here. Like, yes. what's, what's your experience of homesickness? Food. Okay. I think food speaks a lot when it comes to homesickness. Mm. You miss home when you miss food. Uh, you miss home when you like make a meal and it doesn't come out exactly <laughs> as you want it, you know? <laughs> you sure. really miss home. I've, the first time I did chakalaka in Hungary, mm. I wanted to throw it in the bin. <laughs> I, I was like, wait. I literally asked everybody who's coming back from South Africa or who's coming to, to Hungary for the first time. Mm. I'm like, please bring spices. <laughs> bring spices. But I don't have spices there. The spices are not the same and they're not strong as, you know, African taste buds. 
Uh, so you need strong you not you need raja because <laughs> 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 yeah, you know you what's the spice where like it 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 has everything it's like like my is it masala what is it called yeah it's like masala, masala but like something. It's, it's a mixed masala but that that spice six can oh yes <laughs> yeah you can't go wrong with it you can't go to europe and not have six can it's a need it's, mm. it's needed so yeah um one of the things that i've really missed uh, when i was in hungary that made me homesick you know when i left hungary the mm. you know the send off was really beautiful oh yes i remember it was so beautiful we there. shut down the the whole <laughs> embassy there yes like you know everyone was there it was like they even had to shut us down like guys you're sure. making noise the send off was so beautiful i had like um two f- surprise farewells it was mm. so beautiful that you know going to hungary was i felt so good that you know the send off made me feel like you know what i'm not going to a strange place where i'm not going to have people mm. and so i was so excited and the first time i met somebody who is south african and she said you got to have homesickness and i was like me no mm. not me <laughs> i'm so happy to be here you know yeah. because people sent me off they were like go to hungary and have fun and mm. and all of that and i was like no i'm not going to have that homesickness and the first time i had homesickness was in december everything Ish. was closed there yeah. was covid restrictions there was no churches opened there was nothing going on there was like literally hmm. nothing and i didn't even know my classmates because everything was online yeah. i didn't have friends so now i'm seeing people statuses and you know in december it's yeah, festive yeah. season in south africa in south africa december is something else eh so people statuses they are with their families they are going out they are going to church and i i was sick I I missed sure. home. I was like I want to go home. I even I want to like, go home. <laughs> I want to go home right now. <laughs> sure. So, yeah, it felt yeah. And I remember there was a guy from Kef. Mm. We didn't even like we we were not close. Danger. Mm, mm. <laughs> He was like Olivia Merry Christmas. <laughs> I hope Eish. I hope being alone is not bad. You know it made me feel so good. Yeah. But like that is that is all i needed yeah. you know and i started to receive you know video calls and mm. it made me feel so much better yeah and and just after you know the covid started then there was the war in ukraine yeah. uh, you were talking on on the cars we were coming here mm-hmm. earlier that you lived like 40 minutes away from yes. ukraine how was how was the experience there how did you feel um you were even saying that you would hear like bomb sounds yes like how how did that made you feel at the time um it gave me like some sort of insecurities mm. there and there especially when we saw how internationals especially black people how they were treated when they were mm. supposed to cross the border mm. and it made me feel so sad that what ha- what if it happened to us Mm. What if it happened to us because like we were clo- we like 45 to 40 minutes or 40 minutes to 45 minutes from Ukraine and h- having to hear those bombs made me feel like if it happens to us Eish. how how is it going to happen because now you know like we even in our church we had like people from Ukraine 
who were internationals, black people, Indians, um, Chinese people coming from Ukraine, and we were helping them. And when they were telling us, some of them, they walked, you mm. know, from faraway cities into sure. Hungary. And it, it was very sad to see. So um, it was not a good experience. But I loved how Hungarians were so open, even to the extent of having international going to the borders to help other people come mm. this side. They were opening up their spaces for people to sleep. So it wasn't completely how the social media put it, you know, mm. there was like help for people who are coming from Ukraine. And um, I think what, what helped was Hungary, the Hungarian government kept on assuring us as mm. internationals mm. that you're safe, you are safe. And I remember the South African government sent us emails sure. to say that if anything happens, the embassy will take action. So you need to relax. So, mm. yeah, it gave us so much hope and it was okay. It was okay. And I remember having to think to myself, I'm not dying in Hungary. <laughs> sure, that's so far away. Yeah, I'm not dying in Hungary. But if I die, I have to say, Jesus loves you before <laughs> I die. <laughs> yes. And you've been doing that. And I yeah. think that's like the core of what I want us to talk, mm -hmm. um, to talk about. You went to, to Hungary Primarily for education. Yes. <laughs> I'm a student. <laughs> Primarily you are a student. Full-time student. And you've been doing well as a student. Yes. Uh, I remember some of our conversations, mm -hmm. you would say, you know, things are, are, are looking good. Yes. But now there is this element of, of, of preaching, which mm. I think has been very inspirational to us mm. who see that kind of work that you, you've been doing. Mm -hmm. um, tell me, where, where, where did it all start? Like... What's what's happening? Okay, let me just start by saying that I'm not a missionary, y'all. <laughs> I am a full-time student. You know, I am a biological science student. Mm. So it, it's quite funny how everywhere I've visited or everyone mm. who have met me in South Africa, they think mm. that I am a full-time evangelist. Mm. <laughs> no, I am a student. So Is, is that part of what God is is pushing of. me to <laughs> I don't know <laughs> now for now I don't know mm, yeah. mm. Um, but the preaching I, I don't think it started in Hungary mm, sure but I've been preaching you know until we yeah, used to course. go to uh, with new seeds to yes. preach in South Africa but that would be like we go and we pitch a tent and mm -hmm. we go and we have a, yes, an open everyone air, is everyone is working. I saw you preaching in aeroplanes. <laughs> I saw you preaching on the streets. Yes, yes. So basically, when I got to Hungary, um, I realized how cold it was. Mm. Not even lukewarm. Hungary is a Christian country. It's not even a democratic It's a Christian country. Mm. But it's so cold. You ask someone, what is Christmas? They don't even know. They think sure. it's, a, it's a family holiday. Mm. They don't even know what Easter is. It's all about bunny, bunny <laughs> Easter's and, you know, all those chocolates. And sure. It was so crazy. But it, it, it burnt my heart that I know Jesus. Mm. And so many of the young people that I meet, they don't know Jesus. Mm. And they don't know life. No, let's just maybe say that Jesus is life. And if 
I had life and I had received life. I had received a healing of, mm. of some kind. And I see someone sick and I don't tell them. Mm. It felt like that to me. Um, what happened was there was a time where I went into the shops. I was shopping and I was, you know, doing my groceries like a normal day. And I saw this lady, you know, there's like these people that we call them uh, rebels, right? Mm. They're wearing black. They have piercings, mm. tattoos. Like and, a goth. Yes, yeah. goth. Um, you know, and all of that. And I see this lady and the Holy Spirit in me said, go and tell her. So it, the Holy Spirit laid something in my heart and I, the Holy Spirit was like, go and tell her. And I was like, no. And the, the reason why I said, partially the reason why I said no, it was not really to say that I don't want to talk to her, but it was the frustration that came from, I don't know the language, mm. because I felt like coming to Hungary, I was not prepared that people didn't like especially the old people didn't mm. like that you greet them and you greet them in english and this oh. happens in all the countries in europe you go to italy you go to france france is even worse you go to finland you go to austria they mm. wanted to greet them in their language and mm. it was it was frustrating for me to say you're living in europe and you don't want to speak english it's like they are saying speak in english in our country don't speak in English in our country, speak in our language, and then mm. I'll respond, even if they know English and they speak English very well. So I was frustrated from that. And I didn't know there was resentment in my heart. Uh, I was starting to resent the Hungarian people. Mm. Um, maybe hate is, not, is a very strong word, and, but like I started to hate being in a place where people just want you to know their language. Because in South Africa, we don't really do that as much, you know, except for Zulu people. I'm kidding. <laughs> but yeah, and I, I started to feel this resentment. Yes. And as I was like thinking about this person, I was like, I left her and then I started shopping. But it, my, my peace left me. Mm. It left me that I had to go back and look for this lady. Fortunately, I found her and I went to her and I said, hey, do you speak English? She said, yes, I speak English. And then I started to tell her, you know, I am a believer of Jesus Christ and this is what the Holy Spirit has laid in my heart. This is mm. what I'm supposed to tell you and all of that. And she started crying. She didn't respond. She sure. cried tears right in the aisles of the shopping center and I, I just couldn't understand. I asked her, uh, what, what's wrong? She's like, thank you. I needed this message. I sure. felt like this is my last day. I felt mm. like I am about to kill myself. Mm. You know, and my heart was so relieved. And I said, can I pray for you? Do you believe in Jesus? She said, no, I don't believe in that. And I said, what I told you comes from Jesus. Mm. You don't believe in Jesus, but it comes from Jesus. It's not from me. And I said, can I pray for you? She said, yes. And she said, thank you so much. I really need She literally just left the shop. I think she didn't even pay at sure. that moment, you know. And I went to pay. I went back home. And as I was at home, I prayed. I was like, wow, that's, that was a good experience, Lord. Mm, um, I, mm. I didn't know that there were people who are so hungry, not only looking at the facade because they look like rebels, but yeah. they are in need Mm. of that word they're in need of the true true gospel they're in need of this waters that we are drinking and i 
preaching in all these places, as you've said, you know, Europe sort of tends to be quite strict about so many things. We're yeah. speaking about jaywalking right now. Mm-hmm. Have you encountered any opposition? Yes. Talk to us about that. Um, you would meet people in the streets, especially young people. Mm. You talk to them about God and mm-hmm. they'd be okay with it. Because for them, God can be anything. Can be your yeah. mind, can be the universe, Yo. can be a book that you're reading. <laughs> you know, it, it can be anything. It can be themselves. Mm. They call themselves gods. It, it's crazy. But then once you say Jesus, don't even. Things change now. Hell breaks loose. Like sure. literally it can be messy. Um, you'd, you'd stand and speak about Jesus and police can, and, you know, can approach you. You don't share the gospel. I've went to a school and the school was a Christian school, reformed Christian Mm. school. And I preached the gospel and they invited me to be precise. So they invited you to the school? Yes. Okay. To preach the gospel. I preached the gospel. And afterwards, they told me, you don't preach, um, you don't mention sins you don't say things like this you don't that was after i've preached you know (laughs) (laughs) and And you mentioned those things yeah (laughs) i I did say that you know the one of the things that i've learned in in evangelism training is that people come to jesus because well jesus loves you Mm. and he's gonna leave you like that it's fine you don't have to change anything Mm. You know, and we don't preach that Jesus loves you, but He's not gonna leave you as you are. Mm, he's gonna change you. He's gonna change you. Come as you are, but you're not gonna stay as you mm, are. Mm. So, one of the things because I was preaching to high school students, one of the things I said is that Jesus can still heal that addiction. Sure. Jesus can 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 break you off from that sin of sex before marriage. Mm. And I'm pretty sure some of the teachers were not saved. We're like, nah, 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 nah. That's not what we, that's not what we do. <laughs> you know? And the truth is not really accepted. Mm. Um, yes, when you go to other churches, they really love receiving, you know, international, especially like, you know, Africans, because they believe that we have the true gospel. Mm. We are so much on fire. Mm. And they love hearing you speak. But then you'd face opposition in areas where you're supposed to preach. Um, so many times where I've, I've, I've been rejected mm. in certain schools where I've wanted to go to and tell about Jesus. Some schools will will tell you, please just motivate. They don't want you to mention Jesus. <laughs> motivate, they don't want you to yeah, mention Jesus. Yeah, they don't Jesus. want to men- mention Jesus. Just, yeah, maybe talk about a little about God in your life, but don't, you know, persuade other people. Don't tell people about your religion. Sure. Yeah. And 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 but that did not stop you. It didn't stop me. And it's quite interesting how in a space like South Africa, mm-hmm. um, where really there isn't much of that. Okay, maybe there is in certain areas, of course, but I think you wouldn't get you don't get as much opposition um, as you would mm. in a place mm. like that. Yes. But we don't often as you know we're not yeah. often as fired up in that sense. 
or yes. like you, you know what 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 does that i realize that we get comfortable in a space where there's no opposition um when i went to um one of the countries in the middle east mm. i realized the importance of preaching the gospel because persecution is real even the people that have received christ they hide they can't freely express they are religious views. They can't even express themselves in the streets. You can't even pray sure. for somebody in the streets. I saw a woman, you know, like uh, carrying a, 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 a lady or a young lady who could not really walk properly. And my heart burned to pray for that person. And you're mm. not allowed to do that. Sure. And I did not allow myself to miss that opportunity when I was in Hungary. When I see that there is a need in my heart or there's this strong sense to pray for a person and I don't do that. Mm. Because I feel like in South Africa, it's so easy. Even to the extent where you realize that you can speak to anyone. Because there are people who are very strong in what they believe in. Mm. And they don't stop giving you flyers sure, about sure. what they believe in. Yeah, they, they, they go everywhere. They knock at your doors. Yeah. You know, they come to your schools. You know, so much is happening. Even at universities, there's quite a lot of different yes. beliefs that are going around and people are openly believing and openly yes. expressing their beliefs. And I think you think that people believe in Jesus only because of they go to church. Mm. But in, 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 in areas like Hungary, where young people don't even go to church, that's where you realize that there's a need to preach the gospel even in the streets. Because young people will not go to church. People who go to church are grandmothers and grandfathers. Mm. It's, it's, it's quite crazy. You go to church and you realize that so many churches, and of course there's, there are churches that have young people, but it's very rare yeah. to find big churches, beautiful churches, and still have young people with them. Sure. So in South Africa, we think that, oh, well, people are going to church or... You know, even mm. to the extent where there's like a tent somewhere that is a church mm. and like they are like shouting and like people in the streets or in the houses are hearing the pastor in the church speaking. In Hungary, it's not allowed. Sure. You know, there's like even soundproof. In the make, churches to make sure. In the sure churches, you can't even hear anything. So you basically people are not hearing the gospel like in South wow. Africa. So we should not really relax. There is a time where we are not going to be allowed to preach after 10 p.m. We're not going to have churches after 10 p.m. And, and, and the pandemic taught us that, you know, it's possible. Those things can be done. Yes, they can you know. stop church and we're no longer going to be meeting. So we need to maximize. Mm. So just as a way of wrapping up, I'm sure there's a lot we can talk about. Um, we can talk so mm -hmm. much, mm -hmm. but I just want you to, 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 to speak to someone who's listening to this thing, um, this podcast uh, or is watching this podcast and they have that thing in their heart, that burning desire to preach the gospel, but there is fear. Mm -hmm. um, there is fear of ridicule. There is fear of rejection. There is fear that I actually don't know much. I haven't read the Bible mm. back to back. Mm. What would you say to someone like that? A young person in South Africa who you know, has that desire That's but right. is afraid. Um, let's just start by saying even Jesus was persecuted. <laughs> so it's inevitable. 
you cannot stop it. You cannot even say, I'm not going to do it because people are persecuting me. Persecution is real. Mm. And if you're in South Africa, you haven't really seen it. Mm. Places where it's areas where there's like Muslim countries. Mm. It's very sad how you even have to hide yourself that you're Christian, mm. you know. But I would say to this young person that step up, find somebody who's bold and follow them wherever they go. Mm. It gives you courage. Mm. I think it helped me to be part of New Seed, CAF, yeah. because you, 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 you went out and preached the gospel with people who have done it several times. Mm. When I went to Finland, it gave me so much courage as well when I, I did evangelism training because I, I met with people that are doing it on a daily basis, mm. that are doing it even in in. in big spaces where you're not allowed to preach about the gospel. But if you get 30 seconds and say, Jesus loves you, you mm. do it. Mm. And I think the first time I preached in the flight or in the plane, I was shaking. I can imagine. Chances of me being thrown out are very high. <laughs> <laughs> sure. So every time you do something for the first time, it's going to be very hard. It's going to be scary, but do it afraid. But it gets better with time. It gets better with time. Do it and you'll see that with time you are doing it. You're still going to be nervous. It's mm. not going to change. Mm. But it's going to give you so much courage because you did it before and you can yeah. do it again. So go for it. Now, thank you very much, my sister, for joining me on this episode of the Inspirates podcast. It's been quite an interesting conversation we had. And I really appreciate you taking your time just before you leave to, to join me in this conversation. I don't know if you have any last words for our listeners. Um, thank you so much for having me. Um, I'm, 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 I'm so happy that, you know, we, we have started a podcast with Dr. Mtobisi. <laughs> <laughs> Because I know we have a lot to learn from mm. this podcast because I've seen you do it from, you know, Facebook Live, Instagram, mm. and we have learned a lot. And mm. there's a lot that you um, have poured into people's life through the people that you're bringing into your lives, into you. this podcast as well. I'm so excited to be part of it. I'm so glad. So just to tell the listeners at home, Please do continue to watch. Subscribe, comment. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. And please tell your friends and tell their friends and that they tell their friends that they should subscribe. And, and you then share the podcast. Share the podcast. Thank you very much for watching. And Bye. <laughs>Thanks again for joining me for this episode of the Inspirates podcast. I hope you found it to be quite inspiring. So if any of the content I give you here inspires you, please do share on the socials and tag me at I am Daba. I would really love to hear from you. Till next time, give your dreams a chance.